The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another edition of the WCBA brought to you by Evergy. We got my good friend, Scott Redler. I think he's becoming Ebony's good friend as well. He is one of my BFFs. <laughs> All right. I didn't even know it. <laughs> Scott, welcome. We are so excited to have you here with us today. I mean, what better way to uh, nurture community than supporting small business and being able to highlight uh, your story and the story of Freddie's. So tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do. Well, I am a restaurateur. So I started in the industry when I was 15 years old. I'm one of the very lucky people that found my passion at a very young age. And uh, a friend of mine went to get a job at 16, and I was 15. I went with him, and I go, this is pretty cool. I always thought I wanted to be a lawyer or an accountant mm -hmm. back then, and uh, I was lucky to be able to go with someone, get a job at a catering company in St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, uh, my hometown, and, um, and that's where it all started. And I'm just one of the very fortunate people. Wow, at the tender age of 15. Tender age, yes. Tender age of 15. So um, you've been in the business, well. All right, 46 years. We can get past that now. Good. <laughs> 46 See? years, yes. wonderful. <clears throat> and how many employees do you have? Well, so in our corporate office, we have about 90. A lot of them travel a lot. And then each restaurant has 35 to 50. And uh, we're, we're a franchisor. So um, we have a total of over 400 restaurants in 32 states. Wow. Yes. Tell us a little bit of uh, maybe something that people don't know about you and your business. Mm. Well, I think a lot of people know a lot about our business in Wichita. They've seen us grow up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we're a company that is focused on doing things the right way. A term that we use is called the Freddy's way. Freddy's. And the Freddy's way is critical for us. It's doing things the right way with no compromise. But it's also a path that we are always looking to continually improve. And, you know, a lot of businesses go, huh, you know, I, I'm there. Well, I don't think we ever look at anything that we do and say we're there. Even when you look at steak burgers or hot dogs or fries or whatever we do, frozen custard, you know, everything is made fresh, made to order. We do it the right way. But even when we are doing it the right way, we look for better ways to do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was in uh, Los Angeles Oh, maybe eight or nine years ago. And and I was at a, a hot dog place called Pink's, which is hot dogs to the stars. And they had a hot dog and a stretch dog. And we were with another couple. We were on vacation. And uh, 
their hot dog went over the edge of the bun. And I go, well, that's cool. And a guy at the end of the counter had a pink shirt on. Obviously, the owner, we became friends. Our wives left with pinks, purses, and hats and shirts. Nice. And um, he got a bunch of Freddy's gear, too, um, <laughs> down the road. And But we saw something. It was an opportunity. Our hot dog was great. We used Vienna beef. All beef hot dogs are wonderful. And we, I left there, called our hot dog supplier, and we increased the size of our hot dog so it looked better on our hot dog bun. And it was great. Great yeah. for our guests. Um, and just really made presentation better and better value for our guests. So we're always looking to improve everything that we do. I love that. You know, um, you, you brought up the Freddy's way. And my cousin used to work for you when she was in high school. And that's one of the things she no longer is in Wichita. She went to grad school now in Houston. And that's one of the things she still talk about today as she's starting her career, the Freddy's way and doing things the right way. Yes, so that, that sticks with your employees. So I'm going to put a different hat on for a second. I'm on the board of the National Restaurant Association. And one in, one in three, one in four people start their careers in our industry, in the hospitality industry. And I believe there's no better way to learn values and how you get along with every socioeconomic class of people than the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. Because that's who you deal with. Yeah. And she's doing social work. So I tell you. Love it. You Wonderful. have made a huge impact. So thank you. Excellent. Well, thank her. When it comes to, we used to have this conversation all the time. Tell them about the fries. I mean, why do fries have to be hot? I mean, <laughs> tell them the story. Well, so when it, when a guest goes through the drive through or, or they're dining in our restaurant, the first thing that a guest does is grab a fry, right? And we're all making that motion. We all know that's what we do, right? Mm-hmm. When you're in a drive-thru and you pull away, usually you're taking your foot off the brake, putting your your foot on the gas pedal, slowly pulling away as you reach in the bag to grab a fresh hot fry. Yep. So there's a system. There's there's a very strategic thought process that goes into making sure that fries are the last thing to come out of the fryer that go into the bag or go into the basket when you're dining in a restaurant. And when a guest picks up their food order uh, in a restaurant, we know that they're either grabbing a fry at the counter, we see it, <laughs> or they're putting down their basket and the first thing a guest grabs is a fry. So that's our first impression. We have to win with that first impression. How did you know that Freddy's was it? I mean, can you give us a little bit of history about your restaurant? I know you said you went back 15 years, but... Can you talk about a little bit about Timberline? But how did you know Freddy's was the one that would just blow up? Or did you know? You know, it's uh, when we started having other experienced restaurant tours in Wichita, Kansas, make comments about Freddy's, like, you know, a good friend, Ron Oberg, who was on the board of the Kansas uh, Restaurant Hospitality Association with me. He's our first franchisee who has four or five territories, a great friend, and Ron and Patty are wonderful people. Um, he has a lot of Freddy's all around the country now. And, hey, Scott, I want to open a Freddy's. And then we had another group who was a large pizza franchisee. We want to open a Freddy's. And we kept hearing that and hearing that. And after a while, Randy, Bill, and I said, you know, uh, maybe we should do something about this. And Ron was the first one to open in uh, lovely uh, Hutchinson, Kansas, and uh, opened successfully. And But, yeah, we didn't. We weren't in a rush to do this. was almost a hobby for us. Mm-hmm. You know, Randy um, w- was driving the Panera business in the state of Kansas, had a lot of Panera rest- Panera cafes, and uh, um, and Bill and I had our Timberline Steakhouses, and this was kind of a, 
a craving that we all had for great burgers and fries and and frozen custard. And that's what drove our business to get going and then and then just kind of organically expanded. Were you scared at all? I mean, you're going up against, I know it's a different <clears throat> burger, but McDonald's, Wendy's, Hardee's, whoever, all these folks been around for years. Why, why did you believe Freddy's was going to just blow up? So nothing against all those brands. Those are that's fast food in my mind. Okay, and they, they pre cook and hold for the most part. And and when you order, they take it out of a holding cabinet, put it on a bun. And a lot of those are product that have been hold. I call it home with a lukewarm burger in a lot of cases. <laughs> um, I don't mean that disrespectfully. Right. It's a different brand. It's a different right. process. Our process is when you order a burger, a steak burger at Freddy's. The Freddy's way is we take it out of a cooler. We put it on a grill, it sizzles, it cooks. And when you take a bite of a double cheese uh, steak burger, um, steam comes out. And our bun is freshly toasted and, you know, hot, fresh cheese and burgers. And I know it's right before lunch for I'm all of you. So, hungry. so I am apologizing oh right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's how it's supposed to be. We all know we shouldn't <clears throat> have a burger and fries and custard every day. And when you, when you have that treat, you want it right. You mm-hmm. want it fresh. You want it hot. And there's nothing that, you know, we all have gone through other places, and I call them in other some restaurants, I call them filling stations, which are just satisfying a hunger, mm-hmm. not satisfying a craving. Nice. We want to satisfy the craving. I've heard that story before, but I wanted the audience to hear that. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. When it comes to when you're looking for somebody to run a franchise, you alluded to the Obergs and those mm-hmm. folks. Help people understand how do you choose and what they what they can't be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, so it's critical, our franchisee process. And so we have a group in from Fargo, North Dakota. They came in last night. We had dinner with them. Wonderful dinner. Wonderful people. So I can talk about them. If they weren't, I wouldn't. Right. Um, and so financially have to have the wherewithal to do what they say they're going to do. Okay. Have to have the experience or the ability they're going to hire someone to be a partner that's going to be their operator. Um, a lot of people have money, and we, we need to operate the correct way and, and have the passion for the brand. They have to be someone who uh, honestly is passionate about our brand. They have to have gone to Freddy's and go, wow, I love Freddy's. Um, last night, this group, where they were talking about their meals at various Freddy's around the country and driving two hours for frozen custard. Well, that's passion, right? Um, and a territory that we agree on. And most importantly, we call it the no jerk rule, which is what you're alluding to. And, you know, life's too short to be in business with people that you are not comfortable going out and having a meal and a glass of wine with. And we just don't need to have that. And we're very fortunate. Um, We have a Freddy's family reunion every 18 months where we bring everyone together. And even our suppliers go, this feels different than all of them. Everybody likes being here. Um, you can tell it's a partnership. You can tell the culture and the mission are similar and people work together. It's not uh, a bunch of people that are going in different directions. Excellent. The no jerk rule. E. The no jerk <laughs> the rule. No jerk I rule. love it. <laughs> so, Scott, tell us, you know, how 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 does someone become you? Not literally become you, but like, do I have to go to school to get a hospitality uh, degree? What does that look like? Well, so my degree is a whole another story, which we're not going to talk about. I do have a degree in hotel and restaurant management that uh, I actually, when I moved to Wichita, Kansas, I was still short one 
three-hour English course, mm. which my father-in-law convinced me to finish up, and uh, I did finish it. And uh, I was actually kind of disappointed because I got uh, I got a B in that course, and I only needed a D to graduate, so I wasted energy. But that's okay; <laughs> it happens. Um, you know what? It's it's really about making good decisions, and and uh, you know, parents are everything. We are. Uh, both my kids went through uh, Wichita USD two five nine public schools. Um, very fortunate to get through. Went through Robinson and Lovature and Robinson and Robinson Rams. Yeah, and yeah. and East High, go Blue Aces. Um, uh, the IB program and mm-hmm. went to great colleges. And um, I think uh, a lot of people underestimate the importance of parents teaching their kids the right values and ethics and morals and setting them on the straight path for success. Um, PMA is a big term I use, positive mental attitude. Mm-hmm. And I think PMA is critical. Uh, I was very fortunate to have parents that, you know, taught all three kids in our family the right thing. And I grew up in a lower middle class environment and parents out of a job in high school and all the components that you would not know by chatting with me. But we all have hardships, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of how you attack those, how you respond to them what your attitude is, understanding that you can accept it and go one path or you cannot accept it and go a different path. That's right. And we all get to make choices and making the right choices with everything in life is what it's all about. And a little bit of luck. I'll take the luck. And a little bit, a little of, bit of luck. luck. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, you know, you just you just said a couple of keywords of how you attack things and how you take things on. Tell us how you set goals for your business. I think it's important to understand I think goals for a business are setting goals for people. And when I when I look at, I'm very fortunate, and I have a lot of people that I've worked with for a lot of years, and there's people in the office I've worked with over 20 years back in the, the Timberline era. And I think the best goal you can ever have is having other people around you continue to grow every day and giving them the tools and resources that they need. And when that occurs, you're just naturally going to grow. And and mm-hmm. everybody has the story of, you know, it's other people that push you up a ladder and that's how you grow in life. And I truly believe that. And we have a team that is just absolutely remarkable. And, you know, I was talking with uh, Cody, who's one of our senior franchise business coaches this morning, explaining to this group, we're walking by and, and I worked with Cody for 21 years, almost 21 years. And she started in Timberline in Joplin, Missouri, <laughs> and lives in Wichita, Kansas, does a phenomenal job for us, has an incredible future, and is a big part of the culture and the success of Freddy's. Mm-hmm. And I can say that about 25 other people. And, and understanding the rewards of taking someone who started as a line cook at Freddy's, you know, 17 years ago, and is now a franchisee and owns four and building more. That's wow. powerful. I mean, wow. Those are the stories that get me excited. Yeah. Yes, I, personal things have happened to me that are wonderful too, but but that's what really is truly the reward for me. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you approach reinvestment of profits into your business? Well, so the good news is at the beginning of Freddy's, we didn't really, we, we didn't take an income. Randy, Bill, and I didn't need, we had our other businesses. Mm-hmm. So it was more of a hobby and we just reinvested everything back into, uh, into Freddy's at the beginning. Um, we will always make decisions to err on the side of the guest. And a lot of the decisions are, you know, never make a decision that's going to negatively impact something. So take that out of the 
that's not going to happen, right? So one of the, the interesting ones is chewable ice. Everybody loves chewable ice. So chewable ice machines, they cost more, they don't last as long, and they're, they need more repairs than any other ice machine. And that's what we have. <laughs> yeah. And so we took out perfectly good ice machines oh, probably 10 years ago and replaced them with chewable ice machines because that's what the guests want. Guest-driven decision. I and love as long as we make those, we're going to win. And, you know, you can't always, uh, you know, do a financial statement and say, here's your payback on that. But you know when you make a guest-driven decision, frequency of guests coming in your restaurant is going to be higher and you're going to win. We work for sales. Sales drive profits. And I love um, chewable ice. Thank However, <laughs> my dentist does not. Well, your dentist actually, um, uh, that, that's not a correct statement. Your dentist does love that. That's the reason he drives a really nice new Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he thanks you for that. Leave it to Scott. Well, Shade with on the that, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Scott Redler from Freddy's. And we are so excited to have him. But right now we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsor. We'll be back. Severe weather. Whether it's hail, wind, rain, or snow, storms can cause damages, inconveniences, and sometimes even power outages. At Evergy, we're committed to providing safe, reliable energy. And in the event of an outage, our linemen work tirelessly to restore your power as quickly and as safely as possible. And with tools like our outage map and real-time updates, we're with you every step of the way. Visit evergy.com slash stay safe to learn more. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Success for our members, leadership for our community, and prosperity for our region. We need your input to continue to improve the business environment in Kansas and to ensure the success of our members. See wichitachamber.org for more information. To provide us input about this podcast series, send an email to communications at wichitachamber.org with your questions, comments, and suggestions for the business leaders we should feature and important topics we should address. Welcome back, friends. We are here with our dear friend, Scott, and he is giving us the good, bad, and the ugly. Um, so, you know, let's talk about the good. I just recently read something and I, you know, was floored and very thankful. I heard that you gave a little bit of a gift to Butler Community College. Let's talk about that. Yes. Well, my wife and I are very excited about that. I've been on the Butler Hospitality Board for well over 20 years. My wife's on the foundation board. Okay. And we truly believe in community colleges and have been. The hospitality program and the culinary program at Butler have done a truly amazing job with very little. Mm -hmm. And we, we look at something and we actually started a, a scholarship fund there, I think about five years ago. And <clears throat> we, with, with the recent sale of our company, um, we have decided to make a donation. We're going to build a building and furnish um, a new new program. And it's going to take it to the next level. Um, it's going to be a, a state-of-the-art, hopefully around 8,000 square foot, new building, new facility, kitchen that can really take Butler's hospitality and culinary program to the next level. And, and for us, it's a couple things. It's impacting lives. That's something that definitely checks a box for, box for us. Um, it's our industry. And it definitely impacts these kids long-term. And we, we will really see success with a lot of things. We're looking forward to times when there'll be programs 
you know, 10 programs a year at this new facility that are doing, you know, 10 course Italian dinners or Lebanese dinners or whatever, um, where these kids are showing off their skills. They currently do it and have won awards over the years. And we just think it's going to take South, really help South Central Kansas and, and help other businesses in the community. We need to continue to enhance the amenities in our area, right? Mm-hmm. And, and to get people to move here and to get businesses to grow here, um, the hospitality components are part of that that add to the culture of our community. I agree. I, you know, I, when I read that, I was just so happy. Um, just, and we've used Butler uh, a couple of times to have their, um, their students come and showcase their talent and they do a fabulous job. Um, and, and I'm just really excited to see how that'll grow and the impact that'll make on our quality of place here. Well, we're excited. We're looking forward to, uh, getting it going. We're going to look all over the country at similar programs to make sure it gets designed right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Leadership is going to be critical. It's going to be a tremendous amount of fun for us and a tremendous asset for South Central Kansas. Mm-hmm. You started in the business 15 when you were 15. Surely there were some failures along the way. You did, did you just didn't become Freddie's 40, 400 locations overnight. Can you share with the audience what failures you had that you choose to share and how did it make you better? Well, I hope you have a big enough hard drive on this to uh, continue. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, l- you really do learn more. Everybody says you learn more from failures than you do from successes. And I, I truly believe that. And, um, you know, it's interesting coming out of college. My first uh, true significant venture on my own was a fast food Chinese restaurant uh, similar to Panda Express. Okay. <clears throat> and um not that Panda has been successful. What do they have? 2000 restaurants or something now? Huh? Uh, 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 location, location, location. It was in Clayton, Missouri. We missed. And uh, I thought it was a great concept and, and fell in love with it. And I call that my master's degree. Uh, but I've done, I, I've had four or five ventures into different restaurants that haven't worked. Um, the important thing is that you learn right? and you understand what works and what doesn't work and what doesn't work. Don't repeat it. Mm-hmm. And what does work, keep repeating it. Gotcha. <laughs> it's pretty simple Excellent. Um, in a macro sense, but um, it is important. But um, I think the, you know, my wife says, yeah, that was absolutely your master's degree. Uh, it was called Shanghai Charlie's and it was a fun concept. And <laughs> we were just looking through the book of photos and you walk down the line and all the food's ready somewhere to Panda Express. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of their 2,000 locations. Oh, well, I'll get over that. Um, but it, it and, and, you know, it really is, uh, I still enjoy that. I'm involved in uh, a couple other concepts right now. Right. And it's fun. Um, I like giving people opportunity. And uh, one of them I'm doing to try and help someone and hopefully develop something into a concept. And uh, actually, both of them are. And, and a good chance we'll win. And uh, we'll see what happens. How, how big did... Timberline grow till you pull the plug and focus on Freddy's. Oh, good, another one of those. Okay, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I love uh, Timberline. <laughs> I know it is. We had six. We had six at one time. Right. And you know the the tough thing with Timberline was 2008 and during a recession. Yeah. And in hindsight, I wish we wouldn't have given up that quickly. Okay. And we had Freddy's growing at the time, and we had six Timberlines. And 2008, when dispo- the worst segment to be in was. Casual dining steakhouses. It was disposable income during the week mm. um, and Fridays and Saturdays. And uh, it was just a tough segment to be in. 
because wow. people didn't have in that segment didn't have the eighteen to twenty dollar check average. They had traded down to Applebee's, and Applebee's traded down, and everybody traded down, right. and people of wealth never, didn't really trade down as much, and um, it was tough. But I wish we'd never. I still wish we could bring one back, and maybe someday we will. Who knows? Now let's talk about this big old acquisition. Mm, what right. acquisition? I, I, I don't know. I read it somewhere. Little birdie. That there's going to be a different owner of. Well, already is, and uh, it's been great. So we've had for boy, it's amazing for probably it has to be at least you know ten years. Probably we've had you know private equity firms coming and approaching us about buying our company, and we're on a great growth path, great sales numbers, everything really in a great way. And Bill Randy and I had always chatted about what was important to us. So, you know, the question is uh, Thompson street out of uh, St. Louis, you know, why Thompson street? And when they approached us, first of all, great, great folks, uh, similar values. They did not have other restaurant concepts. And you might say, well, Scott, that that's a negative. And we looked at that as a positive. Um, so with them coming in and buying our company and Bill, Randy, uh, Bill's estate, Randy and I still own part of the NUCO. Um, and by them coming in, everybody in our office was still going to be employed. Mm-hmm. If a big restaurant company would buy us, all of a sudden we'd lose purchasing and PR and marketing and all these functions that they already had that they could save money by bringing in under their umbrella. Um, that wasn't going to happen. We thought that was important. We like being in Wichita, Kansas. And we like the fact that everyone's here. And their goal is absolutely to grow our company. And to grow our company, they're putting more money into our company to enhance the things that we do to make us better and stronger and more nimble to help grow our company. So we're very excited about our future. It is, uh, um, uh, everybody goes, well, how long are you going to stay? Everybody goes, oh, you're retired now. And I go, heck no, I'm loving this. (laughs) It is, uh, I'm getting to work earlier, which is somewhat interesting in my mind. I can't figure out why, but I'm loving it. And... (laughs) We're, you know, we're going in and we're talking to new people and we're, we're coming up with better ways. And how can we make our, our digital better? How can we make our computer systems better? How can we enhance the guest experience? And these are the topics and discussions we're having. It's not a typical, you know, let's cut costs. That's not what we're doing. We're not trying to cut costs. Mm-hmm. We're trying to grow our business. And it's a lot of fun. Excellent. And they're from St. Louis and you're from St. Louis, right? Absolutely. So they already kind of had it in, right? Well, you know... <laughs> They sent me some Emo's pizzas, which is one of my favorites. So I know I'm in Wichita with Pizza Hut, but I like Emo's pizza too. So, but you chose them because they did not have restaurant business. Expound on that just a little bit more. Why? You know, a little bit of that, but it's also their attitude and direction and culture matched us. I mean, yes, the restaurant component, but we weren't in a rush to make a decision to have someone buy us. It was, you know, timing was good. Our sales are good. You know, we opened 30 restaurants during the pandemic. This year, uh, supply chain is a challenge. If we did not have supply chain issues, I think we'd open close to 60. Um, I think we'll open over 50, probably 55 this year. And they are just on path to help us with what we need. It's just a great organization. It's a great partnership that truly matches. Similar to the way we select franchisees. They chose us too, by the way. I mean, it was a mutual Mm -hmm. selection. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. they, they had emailed Randy and I, and, and we emailed back and forth. We met them at one of our openings in uh, St. Louis. And um, after that, they flew to Wichita to meet us, and and everything just kept rolling. It was a pretty quick deal. Did you, if you can share this, uh, 
Did you have to convince them that Wichita is the place this needs to stay? Not at all. They they understand it. And they nice. understood. They understand the culture. They understood the people. They understood why Freddy's is as successful and has been as successful as it is. And they were they're on board. It, you know, it's interesting. A lot of private equity companies buy a company and they go in and say, "All right, we've got to fix these nine things." And their attitude's been, "You guys kind of do a lot of things the right way." Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're going to tweak things and, and make some changes, but. I don't think you're going to see any significant changes at all. Well, you know, you've mentioned Missouri a couple of times and you being from there. Did you go to Mizzou? I did. I knew it. Which is always Felt tough. It. It's tough. Uh, I had a daughter that went to KU. One of my two daughters went mm-hmm. to KU. That was a tough check to write. <laughs> uh, and my uh, my wife went to Mizzou also. <laughs> well, isn't that something? Well, oh, um, you know, we welcome you in spite of... <laughs> It's okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious, and I, I want to go back just for a second. How did you get to Wichita, and why did you stay in Wichita? You know, we um, so was, we moved from uh, Washington, D.C. to Wichita, Kansas in 1990, and Wichita is the smallest town we've ever lived in. And we, it was time for me to make a, a job change. Some things were going on I didn't agree with with the company I was working for. And I called a friend of mine who lived in Wichita, Kansas, that um, was running— uh, Latour, Olive Tree, Chelsea's, Piccadilly, Cafe Coke, a lot of business and institutional, uh, Wesley Hospital, Wolf Creek Noc- Nuclear Operating Plant, um, a lot of different places. And <clears throat> Betsy and I flew here and said, yeah, we could live here two years. And we came here and we just fell in love with it. And when you talk about quality of life, Wichita offers a quality of life that is hard to beat. It offers a quality of people and culture that Honestly, you just don't, you can't match that in Washington, D.C. or St. Louis or Minneapolis. And I lived in all those towns. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you wake up every morning and you know you have great friends everywhere, okay, you have to get on a plane and it has to fly through Dallas or Atlanta or Chicago. Get over it. That's the negative of Wichita, Kansas. Southwest was a big win. Um, but the quality of life here is amazing. The affordability of a quality of life is amazing. And there are towns here, and the progressive lifestyle that we truly do lead um, does enhance our life. I used to laugh. I'd go, uh, my friends in D.C., I go, the difference is if you need a gallon of milk in D.C., it's an hour. Mm-hmm. In Wichita, you used to be able to return your DVD and be back home, and the light was still on in your garage, and you could afford a garage. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so it, it is a, uh, it's an amazing hidden secret. My parents uh, used to say when they would visit Wichita, they'd say, uh, you know, we could have lived here. And they're from, they had St. Louis their whole life. Mm-hmm. It is just a wonderful town. Well, I, I am so pleased to hear you say that. What's the best advice that you've ever received and implemented? You know, I'm a, uh, I'm going to say PMA. I'm going to go to PMA. I'm going to say a couple things. PM, positive mental attitude. If you wake up every morning with the right attitude, you're going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a personal choice. There's people that look at negative and there's people that look at positive. And I think... If you wake every wake up every morning looking for the positive in things, um, it's funny. My mom would never, she'd get very upset if someone would make fun of somebody or whatever. It didn't matter, even if it was justified. Sometimes it was, still got her upset. Um, I think you got to have a positive outlook on life. And, and you know, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Um, in business, I think the most important thing is HPA, LPA. And HPA, high payoff activity, LPA, low payoff activity. And 
you know what? A lot of times we want to do the low payoff activity because it's more fun. Mm -hmm. It's what we want to do. It doesn't mean it's the best use of your time. Would I rather go to Freddy's and do a hot fudge tasting today? Absolutely, I would. And you'd love to join me. Yes, and <laughs> I get that. But that's not necessarily the best use of my time. So sticking with those and being as true to those as you can, I think, helps you win. So last question that I have, um, your biography. What would the title of the book be? Mm. So I've always had this book in my mind. I actually have it on my computer um, headline, and I've started to put chapters in. And whether I ever write it or not, we'll see. Um, the Power of Consistency. And I think in business, when I look at the winners in our industry and the winners in, in retail, I don't, I look at restaurants that execute at an eight or nine every day and they're the winners. And I look at retailers, the Nordstrom's of the world that are an eight to nine every day. They're never a six. They're sometimes they're a 10, but mostly they're an eight to nine every day. And I think that wins. And I think if I wrote this book and then took 50 of my favorite recipes, including those that my and I have my mom's favorite recipes on in a file and put all those recipes in the back. I think that'd be a fun book. Now, whether I ever do it or not, I don't know. I probably need a ghostwriter. So somebody help me. Excellent. Just a couple of follow up questions. Um, I'm just curious. You had mentioned supply chain earlier during COVID. If you can share, what was the item that took the longest in, in the restaurant supply chain? Well, in your restaurant supply chain. Well, you know, this is a long topic, but the supply our supply chain issues are significant. And I'm going to put my supply chain hat on for a second. So initially, you know, COVID affected supply chain. And we know that. And, and we had beef shortages and, and many shortages due to, um, you know, COVID and lack of employees due to COVID. Our government, in my opinion, went overboard with uh, unemployment and, and paying people more to stay at home than to work. And it shortened, um, they went way too far. So by doing that, we're now short lumber. We're short uh, mm. paper products. We're short chickens in shortage. Wing places can't get chicken wings. Uh, and and I could go down a list of 50 items. We're short drivers. Um, we were short drivers before, we're short more. So now with the incentive for people not to work, and that's not the American way, I'm sorry. Um, we need people, we need our country to get get healthy, and I mean it in a couple different ways. And one is, let's all go back to work. Let's bring our country back to where it needs to be. Um, let's let's get restaurants back into full operations. We have typically have 5 to 10% of our restaurants doing limited operations because we don't have enough staff. And this isn't just Freddy's. This is every restaurant in the country. And we witnessed this. We were in New York over the weekend, and we witnessed this and hotels that can't reopen all the way. We are ready. Um, our government has done a great job getting people vaccinated if you want it. We're ready to go back. Let's go back. Mm -hmm. Let's let's get back. Let's light it back up. And I think when you, from a state like Kansas, we get it. Right. But let's all understand what it's going to take to uh, bring our country back and, and get every back, everybody back to work. Totally Thanks. agree with that because I eat out often. And uh, every place I've been, they said, we can't get enough people to work yes and i'm just saying wow i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty bad somebody wants to be to grow up to be like you as far as a restaurant tour with 400 locations i mean and they just they don't have one location yet <laughs> what advice would you give somebody that wants to get into your uh, 
your space? Well, well, my space or any other space, I would, whatever space you want to get into, go work for whoever you think is the best operator, executor in that space. If you want to be in the upscale restaurant business, go work for a Capital Grill or a concept that really does a great job every day and learn the way to be the best. Go work at a Freddy's if you want to be a fast casual burger operator. If you want to be in, you know, go work for PFT, whoever it is, and learn from the best. And that's going to be the base for what you do the rest of your career. I was very fortunate to work for Gilbert Robinson, which was Bristol Bar and Grill and Hands, And they were, right. you know, when I was coming out of college, they were absolutely the best. Mm -hmm. And I learned, you know, the structure. Th those are the roots of the tree. <clears throat> and you've got to learn that first to be able to grow. Word association, my man. We're going to give you a word. You give us one back. It's not wrong because it's your word. <laughs> <laughs> so, leader. Consistency. Wichita. Lifestyle. Chamber. Power. Nice. Beverage. Cabernet. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to go there. <clears throat> uh, I think he already answered this, but college. Just for Ebony's benefit. <laughs> well, we can be at the Mizzou level or we're going to be at Butler, one of the two <laughs> uh, today. But uh, we're very fortunate to have Wichita State and Butler and many colleges in our market. And uh, um, and they do help drive our economy and make our community better. I'm on some boards at Wichita State also. Mm -hmm. And the uh, uh, Maker Campus, is it's great. Yeah. They've done some wonderful things. Entrepreneur. Thinker. Family. Most important. Vacation. Family. Hero. Leader. Last but not least, fun. Family. Thank you, Scott. I truly appreciate you coming. We truly appreciate you coming and hanging out with us. And Well, thank you, and I appreciate you having me, and I'm going to go have a double cheeseburger right now. I know. I'm so hungry. You yeah. have no idea. <laughs> like, yeah, when you were describing the burger yeah. and the cheese melting and the hot fries, like I was just sitting here daydreaming and we didn't even get to the custard part no. No. don't call it ice cream somebody called it ice cream it ice in cream. my presence to him and it didn't go well it didn't go oh, well. I mean, uh, so everybody has their favorite i love uh i'm a peanut butter guy i do vanilla custard with peanut butter reese's peanut butter cups and reese's pieces mm. to wow. die for. Mm. close this up let's let's because we have to go <laughs> all right friends thank you for joining us again for another Chamber Business Accelerator. We had Scott and today was truly fun. Please make certain that you like us, subscribe and share with your friends and we will see you next time. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. Do you listen to podcasts yourself? Absolutely, yes. Is this the best one you've ever heard? It is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is going to be the best one you've ever done. Too, That's what Don promised me, by the way. I love yeah, it. You're right. I love it. <laughs>
The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T -T at wichitachamber.org.